and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast about Blizzard, and we're watching them, and things are happening. Hi, um, I'm Ann Stickney. I don't usually host this show. I host the lore one, but uh, just today, we're swapping roles. So yeah, I'm here to host the show, but I've also got Matt Rossi with me. Say hey, Rossi. Hey, Rossi. Um, Very funny. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's an old classic. You have to do it. Come on. <laughs> Just to point out for people that are living in the um, Northwest, we, or no, Northeast, excuse me, we we are not actually affiliated with any kind of weather anything. I know that there's a lot of Blizzard watching, like legit Blizzard watching going on right now. We talk about video games on the internet. So that's what's happening here. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the whole thing. <laughs> there's not like a super ton of top stories this week but there is like some stuff to talk about uh i'm going to like start things off immediately though with um a bit of breaking news because it just came out while we were doing the pre-show um there's a new mount in the mount store his name is hogris and he's the swine of good fortune he is a flying pig he has been. He released. is adorable. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. People are like, oh, I hate that pig mount. I'm like, what's wrong with you? He's a stone That's pig with a little bell around his neck, and he's got golden wings. I love him. I love him a lot. Anyway, um, he was just released on. He's he's in the gear store. He is available for twenty five dollars, much like the dog mount that was out last year. So, um, I like the little the little um explanation to here too because it says a sign of good fortune ahead legends say that in his hour of deepest doubt emperor shao hao last ruler of the pandaran empire was visited by hogris swine of good fortune as he meditated upon his people's future today pandaran across azeroth consider hogris to be a sign of prosperity and great things to come you would be wise to seek his blessing as you pursue your own fortune wherever the four winds may take you he's just cute He's super cute, and he automatically upgrades. Obviously, you know, he'll run around on the ground, but if you jump into the air, and if you're in a flying-enabled area, he will sprout golden wings and let you fly. Um, $25, like I said, same as the other pet store mounts. Is it the pet store, or is it just the gear store now? I think it's just, I the, think gear it's just the gear store, store. now. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing that's going on right now, and I don't know if it's been resolved yet, because I haven't peeked back in on it since we started the pre-show, but the uh, mythic... The race to clear the Battle of Dazara lore on Mythic is ongoing right now, and I forget who was in the... I think Limit was in the lead for a while there, but I'm not sure if they're still in the lead or if anybody's actually cleared it out or not. Um, again, Yeah, it's kind of hard to keep telling while we're actually doing the show. <laughs> I can't watch that and do the show at the same time. I'm sorry, guys, but I think we're probably going to have a clear by the end of the day here, so yeah, fingers I'm, I'm... crossed. Let's see what happens. It it seems like people are going through Dazara lore a little faster than they did um, Aldir. Like I, I feel like there were some bosses in Aldir that were more of like they needed to be re reset before they were cleared. I'm not 100% on this because Mythic isn't my I don't focus on it anymore, but it, it does feel like the Zara lore is going faster. Watching the race is always kind of entertaining. Um, according to Draven Dresden, Limit is 8 and 9, Method is 6 of 9 right now. So they're working on it have they cleared it yet no but they're working on it and limits on the final boss so we'll see yeah, if limits, they manage to clear it themselves a lead yeah. i think they got themselves a head start too because if i remember right their u.s method is europe or it might be I the other so. way around you know method is definitely europe method methods europe. europe okay i think limit is u.s so they got or they're north america anyway so i think that they got like a little bit of a head start i'm not sure um and again, not 100% on that, but hopefully, hopefully, we'll see a winner here. We might even see a winner by the end of the show. So, and I, I shouldn't say a winner. Well, yeah, I should, because it is a race. But yeah, that's The real winner right is now. all of us who get to watch it. <laughs> Speaking of the battle for Dazara lore, LFR, Wing 1, it's now open. You can go play through it. Have you, you haven't, I don't think you've done anything with the game, re like, in recent days, have you? I have done some emissary stuff when I can. Uh, it, there's been a lot of problems. <laughs> so it's been, it's very much been a playing really easy stuff with my wife where she can cover for the fact that I can't see what I'm doing. Yeah. Cause there's a limit it's, to what you can do when your eyes are. Wonky. Yeah. Um, it's, it's gotten better in the past few days. Um, I'm hopeful. I, I, I had my treatment today, so we'll see, but 
uh, yeah, I have definitely not tried to poke my head into the raid yet. So the fact that LFR is open is good because then I can go in there and everyone thinks you're an idiot anyway in LFR, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I have not had time to go poke my head in there just yet. Um, it just came out yesterday, and I'm hoping that maybe later tonight I'll have a chance to kind of go in, run around, see what's what. Um, the PTR is also interesting right now because there's a lot of stuff being data mined on the PTR. I don't know if you've seen any of this other stuff on the PTR I, so far? Some of it I've seen, some of it I haven't. I've been, I actually, one thing I saw um, involves Bane, but I'm not going to talk anymore about it. But yeah. I saw that and I was there's, like, yeah. So there's like continuations, continuations of those storylines. Um, there's some other stuff that's been going on there as well, including there was a quest chain added that's a reference to the novel Before the Storm. If you've read Before the Storm and you've been wondering, hey, Where's the goblin and the gnome? What happened to them at the end of that book? Are they okay or are they not okay? Because there have been hints here and there as to their whereabouts. That will be resolved in 8.1.5. You will find out what happens. Also, there's a battle pet involved. And I'm very happy about that because the battle pet, it's just, its all a reference to the book. And I really, really love the book. So um, I don't know if you saw that or not because that was, I think that just came out last night. I'm not sure. No, that, point, that one I didn't see other than the fact that Christy Golden liked a tweet about it. Yeah. Um, but I, I did see that it existed, but I didn't actually get a chance to look at it. There's actually uh, the like stuff a cute, I know about. There's yeah. a cute little storyline involved that, that resolves everything. And then at the end of it, you get a battle pet, which is great. The, I, I, the stuff I saw involved Bane and a certain proud person who, who has been floating around out there and stuff that I don't want to talk about. But yeah, that that's the stuff I really focused on. I was like, Oh, hello. Uh, I gotta take a look at you that. You know, I've been trying so. to hunt down that stuff too on the PTR to play through yeah. it, and I can't get the quest chain to pop, and I'm not sure why, and I'm not sure if it's because the Battle of Dazara lore, like that's a requirement to start that, like you have to finish that to start that quest chain, and that's why it's not popping up, or if there's some other signifier that I just haven't gotten to yet on my PTR characters, but yeah, it's not popping up for me. I'm very annoyed about this because I really want to see all of it. Um, there's also some shenanigans on the PTR right now with um, Zalatath. There is a yeah, quest chain yeah. out there. You can do stuff with that now. And it kind of leads up to what the next raid is going to be. That's all I'm going to say about that. Except that, wow, wow, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, the Zalatath stuff is very interesting. Yeah. So. Um, and that, again, spoiler territory, don't really want to get into that too much, but this is all stuff that y if you want to like check this stuff out, go check out the PTR right now, because 8.1.5 might be one of those little in-between patches that they talk about where they're like, oh, well, you know, it's not really focused on a big chunk of content or a raid tier or anything like that. It's just like little, st no, no, there's so much stuff crammed in this patch. It's kind of crazy. Um, it's definitely more along the line of the Legion point five patches. Yeah, where it where they they had stuff that connects the big patches together, and a lot of times that connective tissue is pretty ex it's pretty expansive. Uh, it feels definitely like we're going to get a lot more of the story of this expansion in those between patches, and we're going to see more of stuff moving forward and stuff happening. So yeah, um, it is definitely worth checking out. The Bane stuff is crazy pants. So yeah, yeah. In other World of Warcraft news, anyway, Lunar Festival, it's back this week. In case you didn't notice, you can go collect your Elder Coins and trade them in for things. There's a new Hearthstone available. How do you like it? I like this trend that they have this year where, like, every holiday has a new Hearthstone. It's something new, and it yeah. changes the way your hearth looks. Yeah. So just, just for them trying something new, I'm okay with it. I, I, mean, I, I kind of dig it. I kind of dig it. I think it's pretty cool. But the other more important one that people tend to gloss over. Okay. You remember the, the three-person dragon costume? Yes, I remember it. Okay. I thought it was incredibly there, unwieldy, but yeah. <laughs> there is a blue and a green variant that you can get this year. So 
if you guys haven't picked those up, really go do the Lunar Festival for those alone because there is nothing like playing through one of those cinematics where your character is included in it and it's this grand important moment and your character looks like a dragon's rear end. It's fantastic. <laughs> I recommend everybody do it. But um, beyond, above and beyond that, the elder coins going and get the el- getting the elder coins i believe that gives you xp so it's like free experience free gold just for wandering around the world and gathering some stuff i recommend doing i like this holiday and i also like um what is it the fire festival the ones where you just have to run around to various locations on the continents that's all you have to do there's no fighting anything involved it's just run around and collect stuff because it's free xp it's free gold and you you can run something, you know, you can watch a movie while you're doing it or something. It takes Halloween one does that too, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Hollow's Eve. Yeah. That, that tends to be that kind of thing too. Yeah. I just, um, the fire festival one I remember from a long time ago, hopefully they'll, it'll be interesting to see what the fire festival fire hearthstone is like. The <gasps> winter one is strange because my wife has love the winter, the winter one. one. So yeah. I don't have it. So constantly I'm hearthing out and it just looks normal and she's hearthing out and she's like dancing with a Santa hat on. So it's, it's, it's strange. Yes. Yes, it is. I, I, I do like that they're adding new stuff to holidays. I think that that's something they should try and do every year. And if they can get themed every year, that'd be great. I think it's a good idea. Like this year is the year of the Hearthstones, and next year yeah. it's like something else that they all kind of have in common thematically? Or Yeah, I think that's actually a really cool idea. I, I think so far it's worked out pretty well for them. So um, I also think that, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing stuff – we're seeing new stuff on a holiday, which is a good thing to do because it, it, it implies that they're sort of copying the Overwatch model to a degree where you always get something new on a holiday, even if it's a small thing, even if it's just a Hearthstone or whatever, just a new pet. As long as there's something new every time, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good move forward. This is also, we're leading into February and February is like a glut of holidays, pretty much all yeah. month long because you have the lunar festival and then the lunar festival is over with and then um, almost immediately after that it jumps into oh love my gosh in the air yeah love is in the air i'm like what the heck is their valentine's day parody <laughs> what is it called love is in the air that one's going to be make a return to you um as a reminder if you have any of the holiday gear you can transmog to it once the holiday is live I'm not sure how I feel about that, honestly, never, when they started doing that, that. Yeah, I don't like that limitation. I think that if you're going to let people transmog to it, let them transmog to it. Because otherwise you're farming this stuff up for like a limited time use and you'll only get to use it when everybody else is using it. Yeah, see, and I just squirrel the items away so that I can wear them whenever. Because even if you're not going to make me able to transmog to them, at least I can like pull them out of my bank and put them on my character for like various because those pieces are really good for like RP events and things like that where you want something that looks more like street clothes and let something that looks less like I'm going to run out and murder a bunch of dudes and bring their tails back to somebody for gold like yeah um, and that's probably just a role playing realm thing I'm sorry <laughs> no it, but I still think it's an important thing for for transmog and for people's use in general yeah. Uh, I, honestly, we, I've you and I have been advocating for years that they expand transmog. Uh, there's it's a lot of restrictions It's not just expanding it. transmog. It, it's I want them to loosen the restrictions on transmog. Yeah, and I I think of that as expanding. In my opinion, it's just let people do stuff with the. I mean, if you're gonna go make these things farmable, you're gonna let people collect them. They want to use them. Obviously, they want to use them. Or why why let them get them? I, I don't know. It just for me, a lot of that stuff wouldn't be interest me to use. Like I straight up wouldn't bother with it, but that's the point. You can decide, well, I don't really care for it. It doesn't work with any of the suits I want to use versus, oh, I want it because I want to have a, a set of more casual looking stuff. And don't even get me started on being able to transmog to stuff that's not the same stuff as you're wearing, like plate to mail or cloth or leather or whatever. I'd see, love to, to me, see if they wanted to expand transmog, what they should do is they should expand it to craftable professions and allow crafters to actually create cosmetic items that are specifically for transmog. Like, not just armor pieces that are useful if you want to go out and fight something. Maybe let them make, you know... I mean, I used to make a killing off of making shirts on my tailor. 
and now everybody's got the shirts because they're all in the wardrobe or whatever. But back in the day, I used to make a killing making shirts because people wanted the shirt. Why did they want the shirt? Ah, Because it went with whatever they were wearing because it was just kind of cool. It was like, cool, I've got a shirt or whatever, right? Yeah, there's a specific shirt I had to go and buy on the auction house because uh, Blizzard has the problem with sometimes making plate armor that doesn't cover your midsection Yeah. on, on female characters. And so I needed a shirt that went with the armor so it looked like it was one piece. Um, and it took me forever to get it. It was a very hard shirt to get. Nobody was making it. Uh, I couldn't find it. Man, you should have asked me about it because I believe my Horde tailor has every shirt recipe in the game. Uh, I, I found it eventually. <laughs> uh, but it was just one of those things. Yeah. Once the new transmog system came out, I could use it. I could just transmog my shirts to it. But yeah. for the longest time, I had to get that shirt on every character Yeah. because they just... The, the tier 10 set for warriors just does not work on, on – once I started playing my female night elf, it just does not work on her because her midsection is exposed. And the worst part is they have a model for it for women to cover the midsection because a lot of the, the Vrykul women who wear that breastplate, it covers their midsection. It's got armor plates down there like it's supposed to. It's just maddening. It's maddening. I ooh, let's not talk about this anymore because we'll have. A it story. always weirds me out when you've got like the plate outfits where it's like there's just that one spot where the be- it's like this is my stabbing zone. Stab me here. <laughs> I, I'm okay with like there's there's certain sets like the jade set the old, which is actually not a set it's, it's like old greens but yeah okay it, it's it's a green bikini with thigh high boots. Fine. You want to have that? It's been designed that way, very specifically. That's okay. Whatever. That's fine. But when it's like a full plate set, because tier ten, some pretty serious plate. Yeah. 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 It's you know, it's got freaking like you know, it's big and bulky. Yeah. Yeah. It's like big and bulky, and there's a lot, and it just it's it seems it's like it's like they forgot to send that piece in the box. And you didn't yeah. notice it until you like where you were almost at. It was like getting a Lego set, and there's like that one piece missing. <laughs> See, my problem with Lego sets is always that I always find that piece with my foot. Oh, uh, but, that, but yeah, it's, it's it is one of the things that bother me. I mean, and I'm I'm not against having cheesecake or beefcake sets. Quite frankly, one of the things I want from Transmog is the ability to turn off my chest plate on male characters. I, I want it for both of them, but I really want it for my male characters because I want to look around, want around looking like the Partos. Like straight up, I, I want to turn off as much as possible and just walk around bare chested, punching people on a Draenei. I think this is a brilliant idea. I, I want more of that. I don't know why you won't let me do it. I miss so, the Bartos. Yeah, but but there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, and if we keep talking about this, we'll be here all day. But yeah. I do think I do think they should let people use the uh, the holiday outfits year round. I I feel it like it just seems silly. It seems silly rest- not yeah. to. Restriction oh, you can only you, you can only put this shirt on during these days of the year, but the rest of the time, if you try and pick it up, it's going to burn you. Like what? <laughs> it, I mean, it, there are some restrictions that make sense from a gameplay perspective. Like you can only eat this food when you're high enough level to eat it. Fine, okay, I get you, but clothing, I just didn't no, learn to eat raisin bread until I had finished. Defeating. I killed that dragon and I finally understood suddenly, cherry pie. Suddenly I know how to eat cherry pie. <laughs> Use my teeth like a flaming strike, of course. Oh, okay. But, I get it but, now. Yeah, but like the idea that, you know, I went through all this work to get this fire festival outfit, but I can only wear it on fire festival. My problem with that is quite simple. Everybody's going to wear it on fire festival. The whole point of having it is so you can wear it when you're, it'll look distinctive and cool because nobody else is wearing it that day. You know what I mean? Like, just, I don't know. This is a problem for me. But we all know I'm weird about transmog, so this is no surprise. We have one more thing. We have one more thing. We have a couple more things to talk about. One more thing World of Warcraft related. If you went and got the hive mind mount, you're probably wondering, what the heck were they thinking when they put this whole story together? Uh, Blizzard actually uh, released a blog yesterday that went through... It's called The Not-So-Secret Life of the Hive Mind. And it goes through, it, it does have spoilers. There are spoilers involved. It goes through each step of the chain. It explains what the solutions are for each step of the chain. But then it does it one step further and explains how they came up with the idea and how it works. And to me, that's absolutely fascinating because these puzzle things... When you go through and you do them later and you aren't there to actually like solve the puzzles or anything, 
you don't really get the context of, well, how did they even come up with this? Like, how do people even begin to unravel this? I don't understand. Why do you have to do this particular set of things in this order? Like, why, why do you have to do it that way? What's, what's the story behind this? So this particular blog, it's got like all of the explanations behind everything and why it unravels the way that it does. In particular, the phase shifting platforms puzzle, which is the one where you go in with the five people and you have to jump onto the floating platforms in a particular order. That one's really fascinating. <laughs> There's multiple possible solutions to the maze. They just give you one of them. And when you go through it, you kind of have to wonder, wow, how much time do these guys have on their hands? And how smart are these people to come up with these things? And how smart are the people that solve them? So yeah, that one's available on Blizzard's website. If you're interested in seeing, you know, the kind of the behind the scenes on how those crazy things work, I really suggest going to check it out. Um, it's just... a good legacy of those things now too, because we yeah. had the, uh, the lucid nightmare and the mm -hmm. mind worm before that. There was, mm -hmm. was the one before the Mindworm, or is the Mindworm the first real big serious one? Uh, the Riddler's Mindworm, I think, was the first one, and then the Lucid Nightmare came out after that, and then there was there was something before the Hive Mind. Oh, the Pet, um, and the Waste of Time with the Belt. Yeah, that yeah. came out. That one was crazy too. So yeah, um, if you want like a little bit of a sneak peek into what they're thinking, you should go check that out. Other news. There's really just one other thing that's kind of popped up that's interesting or that I thought was kind of noteworthy. Um, if you're into Overwatch, and if you aren't into Overwatch, why not? But if you're into Overwatch, then you know that Overwatch League Season 2 is set to start in, what, like a couple of weeks here? It starts February yep. 14th, if I remember correctly. Uh, rosters are being finalized. Teams are getting all of their stuff together and getting ready to go. And the LA Valiant... <laughs> The LA Valiant put out, uh, they unveiled their season two roster and they put out this parody of The Office that pretty much played into it, like, you know, announced everybody, but it was a shot for shot recreation of the opening for The Office and it was hysterical and I loved it to bits. Um, I'm really looking forward to Overwatch League starting up again, particularly since I figured out how to get Twitch on my television. <laughs> yeah, um... You got a fire, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, yeah. You have the app I do that with my Xbox. Um, yeah. And we have a we have a Google one in my bedroom, so I I can cast to that. Yeah. But I'm saying bye bye me, to the it's... iPad and saying hello to the really big screen. For well, actually, Overwatch League this year. I can actually cast it from my iPad to my TV, so that's mm -hmm. that's cool for me. Mm -hmm. But one of the weird things about Overwatch to me at this point in my life is that um, with my eyes the way they are, I can't play it very well at all, and I never really could. Um, but I can watch it, But and watching it's better for me because I don't have to deal with other players. Like I, I feel like that's kind of a problem Overwatch has at this point, is that it still kind of has a toxicity problem. There's still players who make it, un, you know, if you're just trying to learn, if you're not very good, there's still players who, who make it kind of awful to play, and so that's a problem. But watching it is just getting better and better all the time. Uh, Overwatch League last year was pretty much the, the final game is what I watched. I didn't watch the season. I watched the finals and that was astonishing. There was some, there was some play in that, that I didn't even think was possible. Um, I remember watching like at one point, one player held off the entire opponent's team by himself. Uh, and that was amazing. Yes. Uh, there was some stuff in that, in that, that I, I, that's next level play that the kind of thing that, you know, you're only, it's like when you watch the, we were talking earlier about, uh, you know, method and limit trying to, you know, get to the clear of... of oh, I like watching those too because it's sort of like watching... Um, well, back when... you, I mean, you and I raided together for a while, uh, yeah. but it's sort of like watching those nights and nights and nights and weeks and months of attempts that we made at various bosses. It's like watching all of that happen almost in fast forward because these people are just so good. Yeah, they do um, it in like a day. They, and it's they crazy. It it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, but it's so much fun to watch because part of the fun of raiding was always figuring out that puzzle and watching everything just kind of fall into place and then the boss falls over and you win and you loot and it's great, right? Yeah, so so to me, Overwatch League kind of has 
that element but plus it's you know it's pvp play it's people fighting each other so you get to watch some of the best players in the world against some of the other best players in the world um it really is fascinating to me to see like these these strategies evolve and the game itself changes because of them like uh I, I think one real big example is recent changes to various tank characters that to, to kind of broaden the meta and break it, break it out. Cause it's kind of getting locked down to the same characters all the time. That kind of stuff happens in play like this. So it's really fascinating for me to watch that. That's, that's been my takeaway from it. I'm just looking forward to seeing particularly those first couple of days of matches will get to see and kind of settle the question once and for all what are these guys going to be playing who are the heroes that we're going to be seeing the most this season because usually that's hammered out pretty quickly um i'm looking forward to seeing if well if hammond makes makes his way on any of the rosters if ash makes her way on any you know the new ones that have just been introduced um Mm -hmm. that didn't necessarily see much play at all or weren't even around for last last season of Overwatch League. No, Ash Ash was just introduced at BlizzCon. Like this this was after everything had already wrapped up. So yeah, I'm really I'm kind of interested in seeing how that's gonna work because those are heroes that I really enjoy watching in action, particularly Hammond. Hammond is so much fun to watch people play when they know how to play him well. He's just hysterical because the whole swinging thing and knocking people. I, I just love him. I love that character. <laughs> but Ash and Bob are also like right up there because, you know, they just are. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing when all of that plays out. And like I said, that's two weeks. But until then, keep your eyes peeled because different teams are announcing their finalized rosters and that kind of thing. And that's going to keep going up until, you know, the lead up to Overwatch League Season 2. I'm really looking forward to it. It all kicks off with a rematch between the top two teams from last season. And that ought to be amazing. <laughs> That ought to be absolutely amazing. I'm looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Anyway, that kind of wraps us up for news, unless something popped up while we were just doing the show here, in which case, I'm sorry, we'll get to it next week, guys, I swear. But we're going to go ahead and jump to some emails. If you have an email for the show, please send that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and put Blizzard Watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for the show. We take questions about any of Blizzard's games, you guys. It doesn't have to be World of Warcraft. It could be Overwatch. It can be whatever. Um, Diablo. I'm just saying. Diablo questions. Rossi would be very happy to talk about Diablo for a half an hour if you want to throw him any questions related to that. Uh, We have been kind of low on questions lately, so again, if you've got any questions for the show or anything you'd like to hear us talk about, go ahead and hit up podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Put blizzardwatch in the subject line so we know it's for here and not the lore show, and we're good to go. Uh, first email. This is from Glyneth yesterday who says, I'm listening to an old Blizzard Watch podcast. Oh gosh, this is an old one because it's 196. That was several weeks ago. Says there is discussion about new classes, bard, etc. It made me realize that we have had a new class every other expansion since Classic. Burning Crusade, Wrath had Death Knights, Cataclysm, Pandaria had months, Monks, Months, monks. Draenor, Legion had Demon Hunters, Battle for Azeroth. Going by this, should we expect a new class in the next expansion? And I'm going to presume that if we're going to expect a new class, what should that be? So what do you think, Rossi? Um, On the one hand, we got a lot of classes now. There are a lot of them. Uh, I think we're up to the point where every token has four people on it. I don't even know if they're even doing that anymore, quite frankly. Because uh, we're not doing tier sets this expansion. There are a lot so of people using it. leather, and we need more people yeah. using mail. I'm just saying. That would be true. I, w- I would agree with that. We, we're up to, like, um, the cloth classes are warlocks and mages and priests. The uh, leather classes are rogues, rogues monks, demon hunters, demon monks, hunters and druids. And druids. Uh, so there's male four. Is, yeah. Male is... Um, shaman and hunters. Shaman and hunters. And plate is... Plate and cloth are the same in that they each have three because uh, it's paladins, demon hunters, and warriors for plate. People need to step um, off the leather gear for a while. Can we get a new plate class or a cloth class? <laughs> or just a male class? There's only two There's only yeah. two out there using male right now. Just two. I think if I think if you were going to do a new class, which would put you up to 13, um, so 
you know, how you feel about that, it's up to you. But I think if you're going to do a new mail class, uh, I, I definitely think this is the way to go is to do a mail class. The thing is, is also, I think we're at the point where we have tank and healer saturation. Um, we have enough of both of them. Adding another tank or healer class means having to rethink the way tanks and healers work again, whereas a pure DPS class would at least just be another pure DPS class and wouldn't change Honestly, that I think too much. I I think we need another ranged DPS class. I would be okay with a ranged DPS. It's been melee, DPS melee, class. melee, because we've had Death Knights. They're melee DPS. They also do tanking, but they're melee DPS. We've had Monks, melee DPS, also tanks, also healers, but melee DPS. And then we've had Death Knights, and Death Knights are right up there in your face, melee DPS. We haven't had a ranged DPS class in like since Vanilla. Yeah, they've never they have not actually added that initial one. iteration of mage, warlock, hunter, and then I guess priest, shadow priest. Shadow priest is kind of ranged. They don't go up there and they don't yeah. hit anything, but we could use another one. Yeah, I I think that that's a very good idea. I think it's very unlikely they would add a class that was just ranged DPS because it hasn't it they've never done it again ever. I think it's likely there if they add a class, it's going to be a hybrid with some other role, probably tanking or healing. Um, I don't, I don't think we need more tanks or healers, but that doesn't mean that they won't add it. Sage Time actually think... has a pretty good point in the chat channel. They say technically we've lost one range DPS with survival, and that's you're right. True. You're right. That that's true. We have lost that, but the hunters are still a range DPS class with a melee DPS. DPS. Spec. spec yeah so we but... haven't yeah we haven't totally, we haven't lost the class but we have lost a a spec so that's true i i think honestly if you're going to add one uh, a healer range dps would make sense uh it would certainly be like especially if they had two but here's the problem what class would that be like the only one i can think of is the one that got floated for uh wrath but didn't get used the the rune master and they were they were very much not a ranged class. The other possibility would be a necromancer. That's one that you could see happening with the events in Battle for Azeroth. Certainly, there are some necromancy floating around out there uh, with death stuff happening. And possibly, if the next expansion is heavily death focused, a necromancer would work. Um, you'd have to. The problem with the necromancer is you've got to work real hard to differentiate them. You've got to make them different from death knights and and warlocks. You, you've got to make what they do special and specific to them without one of the problems I had with uh, the introduction of the demon hunter is it felt like it was really kind of taking away from warlocks. They, they weren't as cool anymore because they lost. I feel stuff. like many warlocks will agree with you on that front. <laughs> I, I, I've never played I feel a warlock bad for them. Life. Oh, I've yeah. played a warlock before. They're super fun. And yeah, I've, yeah. I've never played one, but I, I felt really bad because it felt a little bit like I felt when Demon Hunter, De sorry, Death Death Knights came out and mm -hmm. Death Knights could tank with a two-hander. Or like when Monks like, came out and how I felt on my Rogue. <laughs> yeah, but it felt like it was even worse for Warlocks because they lost actual things they had. Like they lost Metamorphosis yeah. so that Demon Hunters could have it. And that's that doesn't feel good. Like that's never, that's never going to feel good when your class loses an ability it had. I mean... Warriors didn't ever get Mirror Image, which was a Blade Master ability. It, it went straight to Mages in, in, in WoW, but at least we never lost it. You know what I mean? We didn't get it in the first place. It, it went over to those guys, and we never had it, which is doesn't feel as bad to me as having had it, using it. People were actually trying to figure out how to tank on it because it, it, they felt like, well, it seems like they want Metamorphosis to be pretty tanky. And it turned out they agreed with you it should be tanky, so they gave it to the new tank guys. So one thing, though, is if they do introduce a new class, whatever it is, it doesn't have to have three specs. They've, no. they've, done, they've established that now. If you can bring in a new class, it can, it can be a two-spec class. So it could just be ranged DPS and uh, healing or just ranged DPS and tanking or whatever. It could, it could be like they could theoretically throw one in that only had one spec if they wanted to. Um, I don't imagine them doing that, but they could. I, but I, like I said, I can't really think of anything that's not covered at this point. I can't think of a class Bogarden, that we, we absolutely need. Bogarden in the chat channel points out it could be the Tinker class that sometimes the UI uses on island expeditions. And yeah, that I know I've that's one that I've heard bantered about more often than most is a Tinker class, um, which 
I could find I, that sounds interesting to me. Every time I hear people talking about it, I'm like, Meh, that kind of that 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 sounds interesting to me. But it's kind of like bards sound interesting to me, but I don't think bards are going to work because I don't think there's any context in which they can work. I think that tinkers have more of a potential. Um, I keep going back to the whole rune master thing that you were talking about, though. The thing that they dropped in Wrath in favor of the Death Knight. Yeah, and they kind yeah. of they cannibalized it to a degree. Yeah, because they did. They put, they put the rune stuff on a Death Knights. Yeah. But you, there's still like there were people dropping runes on the ground to do effects, and there was stuff like certain NPCs obviously were iterations on that idea. Like there were like well, the ones you look that at were the Vrykul. The Vrykul have yeah. rune masters within, and they don't look anything like the Death Knights. Well, plus there's that fight in Ulduar. Mm-hmm. The three, the three, um, the Iron Council, I want to call it, where there's constantly Council, like, one, yeah. yeah, one of them's dropping runes on the ground the whole time. And, you know, there's stuff that you could do with the class that's different and unique. Um, that I certainly feel like it could be a class, but it's not a ranged class. If you, if you were trying to get more ranged into this game, that, that they, you could make a, a ranged version of them. I mean, you certainly could say that they have a physical version and a, and a ranged version. That's certainly doable. Um, but I don't know. My only problem with the Tinker class is the name, quite frankly. Uh, there's certain reasons why Tinker has got uh, meanings that are not all that great uh, in certain parts of the world. So I feel like they need to change the name if they're going to do a, a, a gadget-based class like that, which engineer, is fine. Gadgeteer. Yeah, you, the problem with uh, the only problem with an engineer class is we have the engineer profession. Yeah. And up until re- <laughs> up until recently. I would never have thought they'd take a profession out, but they took out first aid's first gone, aid, and they they've had problems. You with certain will professions. not take engineering away from me. You will pry engineer. Oh no! I know mm. a lot of people. I have who been are, an engineer yeah. since day one. I know day a lot of people. One, my, my I have wife, always yeah. been an engineer on at least one of my characters. Period. I, I would be so mad. Oh. A lot of people would be. I mean, there's there's songs out about how engineering is the best profession, hearkening back to like a long time ago. Um, engineering yeah. best profession. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. There's there's lots of stuff about that that would be interesting to implement. Like you need to find a way to make it distinctive against the engineering profession. Uh, you, there's you know, but could they do it? Sure. Are they going to do it? I have no idea. I have no idea what the next expansion is going to be. I'm at the point where I don't even know. I don't even feel like I have a handle on what the end of this expansion is going to be. Okay, so here's the deal. We're just going to step back away from the whole potential classes and da-da-da-da-da and go back to the crux of the question here because I have an answer, but it's probably not the answer that you want to hear. Um, so Glyneth yesterday pointed out that we've had a new class every other expansion since Classic. So we had Burning Crusade. We had So we had Burning Crusade. Then we had Wrath. And Wrath had the new thing. Pandaria had the new thing. Legion had the new thing, right? Um, and if you look at that pattern, then yeah, you would automatically assume, oh yeah, next expansion, there's going to be a new class. They've done it every time. The problem with that is they've been switching things up. And they switched them up in a really big way with Battle for Azeroth because we didn't get a new race or a new class. We got new races, allied races, and we've gotten a handful of them. We've gotten so many of them since like the end of Legion, like that end arc of Legion and where we are at now and where we're going to be in 8.1.5 because we're finally getting the Zandalar and the Kul'Tearans. We've gotten so many new races just in one expansion that it feels like they're shifting how it works. And maybe that pattern that we've seen, that established pattern that's been playing out since Vanilla, maybe that pattern doesn't apply anymore. So I don't know if we're going to see a new class next expansion because just based on what we're seeing right now, I don't know if we can take those patterns into account anymore and use them as a way to kind of predicate what's going to happen in the future. You just made me have one of those weird lore watch moments. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was just sitting there listening to your talk and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. How would you allied races classes? What would be the innovation like that changes class stuff instead of dropping a new class? What if they dropped like class cosmetic specialization type stuff? Like oh. you, your, your, your blood, your blood elf can finally be a spell breaker oh. and it's, it's a weird, it's like it a branch actually, off of an existing or it, it doesn't really change your class. It just changes like 
cosmetically you know, what it looks yeah. like. You can, you get a glaive and a shield, and you can do stuff. So you could have it on any class that could have an offhand and a, and a sword, and it maybe gives you one new attack or something, or just new cosmetic attacks. Like some kind of cosmetic modification to existing classes that are already yeah. there. So like hunters, there would be one that would be like a shadow hunter, and that would be or like a dark ranger. Or yeah. a dark ranger, and that would be like the branch off specialization or whatever. Yeah, and it might work like, you know, your Forsaken can be like now be a dark ranger and certain abilities work differently. So would or that just be like a spec on a talent tree or would that be something that you unlock as just part of, get, get, ooh. Yeah, I don't ooh, know. You I could don't know. go through like a whole quest chain and unlock the things like you unlock the allied race it. Oh, see, now yeah. that could be interesting. And, and you'd, you'd want to make it basically since you have the allied races, each of the allied races would have one. Um, like maybe they'd be Void Hunter or, you know, the Nightborn would have like they time, have arcane... time shifting arcane mage. Yeah, well, they they had those guys. We saw them in Legion. The, yeah. the, the arcane warrior types. So you yeah. could you could have that for everybody, and it doesn't necessarily add any new abilities because I feel like there once you add a new ability, now you're gonna people are gonna now you're running into max. class balance. But the thing is, yeah. is, if they just had like one new ability that was unlocked and then like an appearance that came along with that that one new ability that's a lot easier to balance than an entirely new class with an entire waterfall of abilities isn't it i don't know well, see game design know. is not my thing so like i can't yeah. answer that question what i can say I just... is that sounds fascinating and i'd be on board with that well i, I mean whatever they're going to do they've already come up with it so i doubt it's going to be my weird idea but i just that's the kind of thing they might be thinking about is like, how do we give people new class stuff without actually having to design a new class? Like, how do we make it so you can, I want my character to be a dark ranger. No, I want my character to be a shadow hunter. No, I want my character to be a sentinel, you know? And you like, imagine <gasps> if they had like a sentinel branch off of the hunters. Oh yeah. man. So you're... See, this is cool. There's like all kinds of cool things you could do. Here. <laughs> and, and you know, you could have a new ability or what if it's just they all get a special cosmetic weapon? Like, you know, if you're a sentinel, you're a survival hunter, but you get one of those ring glaives. I don't know what they're called, um, but the ones that the, that the wardens use, maybe you get that. Or maybe that's a rogue thing. Like maybe the night elf hunter thing, maybe the night elf hunter thing is a sentinel. The night elf rogue thing is a warden and they <gasps> get that ring glaive like Maya uses. Man. Uh, and uh, the kind of chakra looking thing. And like the, the, there could finally be the Mountain King. Like dwarves get a Mountain King and they finally like, you know, get like a big Mountain King type weapon. Uh, Torin get the totem pole finally, the giant totem they hit things with. There, there could be a lot of variation around it. You could do a lot of things with it. I don't, you know, I have no idea. This is not necessarily what they're going to do, but it just hit me that that would be a way to diversify classes without having to come up with an entirely new one. Um, because at this point, like I said, we were up to 12. We're up to 36 specs to balance. 36 specs is a lot. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of moving parts, a lot of wheels. Um, for that matter, maybe they'll just add a spec to everybody. I don't know. That seems like a ton of work, though. That's 12 new specs. Um, imagine if they decided to do that, um, 12 new specs. That puts us up to 40, yeah, 48. We'd have 48 specs in the game. So... And that's a lot to balance. If you're looking for a way to add more stuff to the game without having to balance it, I feel like cosmetic stuff or class stuff that makes you different without making you any weaker or stronger would be a, an easier direction to balance. Um, and it wouldn't be a new class to master either. Yeah, you'd know how to play it. It's just it looks a little different now. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. All right. Uh, next email here. Uh, this one doesn't have a name on it. I'm very sorry. Whoever wrote this, if you put a name on it, it was misplaced. Um, they said, do you think Blizzard could be moving forward towards a factionless game in which characters can join guilds regardless of race and the faction is replaced with racial leaders who interact in various ways based on their own interest? What else could, quote unquote, resolve the faction war as we've been promised? Um, we did discuss this a little bit on Lorewatch, but... I feel like we could talk about it here too because not everybody listens to Lorewatch. Lorewatch gets a little bit off the rails at points. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you think that they're moving in that direction? I don't think they want to get rid of factions. Um, I don't believe that's the case. I feel like 
When they say resolve the faction conflict, they literally mean the story we've had since Vanilla, where these two factions have been at loggerheads and they never get anywhere and nothing changes and they just keep fighting, fighting and fighting. Uh, I definitely think they want to resolve that, but I don't think you can resolve. I don't think you have to resolve that story by making factions not exist. Um, you could definitely resolve that story by just finally having them realize this is pointless. We're doing more damage to ourselves than we are to, you know, us fighting each other doesn't help us and it actually hurts us. You could definitely move into, think of it this way in Star Trek, the original Star Trek, the Federation and the Klingons hate each other. They hate each other. And the closest they get to peace is when aliens force them to stop fighting. And then in Star Trek Next Generation, there's a Klingon in Starfleet. And the Klingons are still not the Federation's best friends, but they're willing to talk. And that process expands throughout the show. And by the end of it, again, the Klingons and the Federation are not. Like there was that whole Star Trek movie that talked about the whole thing with the Klingons coming together and chit chatting and stuff. And I forget which one that was. I think it's five. No, it, six. No, six. Because, yeah, yeah, five was the one with, yeah, what does God, God want with a starship? Anyway. <laughs> stuff in that show, that movie I like. Like, for instance, I like the character Cyborg, but that has nothing to do with this. My point is just that you can move the factions to the point where they're not necessarily friends, where they're different and they have different views and opposing ideologies, but they're not trying to murder each other anymore because it's just too expensive and wasteful. You could move it to an, and you could very much have a cold war between the two factions and explore that. You could have like horde agents spying on alliance agents, alliance agents, you know, not trusting the horde. But at the same time, they understand, you know, as much as I don't like those guys, they're people. That thing full of tentacles over there wants to eat the whole planet. I can work with them to deal with that. And you're you're gonna say, well, they used to do that all the time in classic, but. They never resolved a reason for them to do that. It was never uh, anything other than, oh, well, we're going to work together now. One of my favorite, one of my favorite, I'm going to interject here. One of my favorite moments from World of Warcraft cinematics goes all the way back to Wrathgate. And it's when Bolvar and the Alliance are fighting at the Wrathgate. And then Sourfang the Younger shows up. And there's this little bit of banter, this little back and forth between him and Bolvar, where you can tell these guys aren't buddies, but on the battlefield, they're comrades of a, of a de- to a degree. And they're yeah, both kind of united against that. And I liked that dynamic a lot. Yeah, it was, there's respect there. You don't have to be friends to respect someone. Um, and it, as long as you can have that respect, that's, it can be the beginning of something or it can be the final stage. You don't, but there's stories to be told about that. I feel like we've told all the stories we need to tell about the Horde Alliance at each other's throats. This, this is it. We will not need to have this story anymore after this expansion. That's all that resolve the faction conflict means. It doesn't mean there's no factions. It just means we've resolved the conflict. We understand each other now. We know who you are. You know who we are. We're going to, we'll be over here. You be over there. Uh, it's one of the reasons I don't know if they're going to like, after seeing the, the Dark Shore Warfront, I don't think they're going to keep the continent balanced the way it is at the end of this. I think the Forsaken will be coming back to Lordaeron. I feel that the, the, uh, the Night Elves are going to take back Dark Shore. They're going to take back their land. Um, that just feels like where the story is going. Uh, I could be wrong, uh, but that feels to me like at the end, we're going to kind of have a sort of return to the status quo, but this time it'll be a return to the status quo based on, okay, we've done this. We have done this into the ground. We know that this can't, isn't sustainable. We can't neither. If we fight, we're both going to die. That's where it really feels like it's going. It's like the only way to win this is for one, for us both to be wiped out. This is mutually assured destruction. And, the our enemies are going to ultimately profit it's the the old gods and other mad you know madmen and, and lunatics want this to happen the world will burn if we do this so i you think know, there's like one or two things that i kind of want to see one of two things that i kind of want actually i want to see both of them but i would settle for one or the other um i would like to see the alliance go in and actually retake gilneas and turn it into a functioning capital city um 
because I think that area is beautiful and I think it was tragically underutilized. It was just used for a little bit in Cataclysm and now people just don't go there. Um, and I think that that zone and the buildings and everything else, like whoever designed that zone, dude, you guys did a great job with it. <laughs> you guys did a fantastic job with it. It's absolutely beautiful. I'd like to see it taken back again. Or alternatively, or even in addition to it, I'd almost like to see a point where we experience a reverse Warcraft 3. And by that, I mean, instead of blowing up the world tree at Hyjal and having to start over again, all of a sudden we see the world tree get some kind of like jump and it becomes the new night elf capital. They return to Nordrasil. Yeah, that's well, we had that talk on the lore watch uh, and we don't want to like recapitulate all of it. But that one thing I, I remember saying was that this could be a surprise. The end of this expansion could be a surprise where the thing you think won't happen does the unthinkable happens. Yeah. And you know, if it went that way, the next expansion could all be about, you know, life versus death, uh, living versus, you know, you know, where do you want to be in the world? You know, do you want to be a part of it or do you want to be outside of it? Do you want to be like, you know, a, a thing, a frozen thing that never changes or grows? Like do even the forsaken want that or do they want to have free will and be their own people? Um, there's a lot, there's one line in the data mine stuff from 815 where, um, I'm not going to say what it is, but the character, I'm going to say who the character is as soon as I remember her name, which is stupid because I do know what her name is. Oh, she's the undead assassin type. Uh, Lillian. Thank you. Lillian Voss. Mm -hmm. She says something really telling about the forsaken and free will. Yeah. Yeah. And do even the Forsaken have it. They have free will. They don't Can have I to be. Can I say for the record that I love what they've done? I was not sure and I was not on board with Lillian during Legion and during the beginning of this expansion. I was not on board with her. I didn't like what she was doing and I didn't really care for what they had done to her character. It didn't make any sense to me. But since then... The storylines that have come out since then and the war campaign in particular have shifted my opinion on what she's up to. And she's a lot smarter than anybody gives her credit for. I like her a lot. Lillian's smarter one of those she's people more, to watch. Yeah. She's smarter, but she's also more complex. Yeah. Like there's there's a moment where she basically says, I gave my word and I'll keep it. Like there's this is somebody who, you know, doesn't give her word often and doesn't play when she does. There's a lot of interesting stuff about her. There's a lot, a lot of characters, but she's one of them that, that really came out. This expansion is absolutely chock-a-block with those, by the way. There's been lots of characters who've stepped yeah. up. Yeah, um, Like, for me, I'm still in love with Chandra's Feathermoon. Like, I, I'm just... Chandra's is fantastic, but like I said, I think Lillian, I feel like Lillian is one of those characters that we absolutely should be keeping an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. For some and really important reasons. 815 definitely has a lot of that. And again, not to spoil anything, but Lillian says some things that are, I think, important for the future. Um, but that's the kind of thing you could have in the future where the factions don't have to go away to just realize this doesn't benefit us. We profit nothing from this. All we're doing is making the world worse and hurting ourselves. And I don't have to like you to know I don't have to kill you. You know, that, that could be the resolution. It's still a resolution. It doesn't have to be one side destroys the other. One side finally wins. It could finally be, this isn't going to work. Like, you know, okay. So I'm going to back you up a minute um, because the email was ac asking about something pretty specific. And I feel like I want your opinions on that. When they say a factionless game, there's two ways that that applies, right? The first way is in the storyline, like the factions decide, Oh, we're no longer Alliance or Horde. No. Okay. You've already given your thoughts on that. I'm talking about, and they're talking about, I think, from a game mechanic perspective. Because right now, obviously, the Horde is on one side, the Alliance is on the other. You can't join up with a Horde group to go do something if you're Alliance. You can't join an Alliance guild if you're Horde. And they specifically mentioned a factionless game in which the characters can join guilds regardless of race or faction. The factions replaced with racial leaders that do their own things. Do you think that that dividing line that keeps players from grouping together because of this arbitrary faction line, do you think that is something that they're working towards getting rid of? I would have said no before BlizzCon. But they said some stuff at BlizzCon that made me be like, huh? Wait a minute. Like what? Like, I... I I don't remember exactly who said this is what's bugging me. 
Uh, but I remember them saying, we have, you know, we have thoughts about letting people play together. We we know that those restrictions exist and that they can keep people from playing together. They're not, these people know what they're doing. They, they've been at it for a long time. Um, I'm not sure that they're going to do anything where you can just group with anybody you want and be gilded with anybody you want. And I don't think we're going to get a defector system like they put into, uh, into, um, Oh, bloody heck, it was the biggest EverQuest. Uh, I couldn't remember the word EverQuest for a second. There. That was bad. I don't think they're going to do the EverQuest defector system because I think that's what they put race change in for. You know, you could become like a horde or alliance and you can move over that way. But I do think they're aware that this is something that they have to think about, that it's there's methods in the game right now that could be applied to it. Like looking at this lore, there's ways to to make horde characters, alliance characters and vice versa. We had mercenary mode back in Warlords. And could... I mean, these methods were back there in Burning Crusade. When you went and did the original Caverns of Time, if you went into an Alliance-themed Caverns of Time zone as a Horde player, your character was transformed into an Alliance character. So Yeah, but they've actually, this... in Tazar lore, they actually took it further. Yeah, like but switch. I mean, it's all kind of it's all kind of based on that same sort of, it dates all the way back to there. They were yeah. playing with it back at that point for a different purpose, but it doesn't, I mean, the technology exists. And I do think that it would be a good, I mean, personally, would I want that? Yes, absolutely. I am supportive of that. I just don't know that's where they're going. Do you know what I mean? I would have been vehement thinking they're absolutely never going to do it. But then BlizzCon happened and I, I listened to them talk and I didn't I didn't get that sense of them being hostile to it. And I think one of the reasons is because while Classic is coming, if you are a diehard fan of the faction conflict and the game staying the same and never changing, you now have WoW Classic. You can go play it that way. You can have the game the way it was. And... I feel like they've just, particularly with this expansion, they've been kind of punching at those boundaries that have been existent in the game since the beginning and slowly chipping away at those here and there bits and pieces nothing super major but like you know the whole oh we only get a race like at the beginning of an expansion or whatever that was just thrown out the window with the allied race thing the whole factions not being able to understand each other they introduced uh, like a flask thing that you can take that will allow you to understand what the opposite faction is saying which is new they've it's never really it, put anything in there for that before yeah you get yeah. to opt into it you get to opt into it so you know if you don't take that potion you won't understand a dang thing anybody is saying but if you take that potion you're essentially saying hey yeah I want to do this whole cross-faction communication thing and that's something that they were pretty adamant about for the longest time and they finally relaxed it to the relief of everybody in the role-playing community. Thank you. But What's really regardless, interesting that is that if the other person isn't using the potion, they won't understand you. No. No, you you'll can get, understand you'll what, what they're saying. saying yeah. Yeah. So both sides have to opt into it. And that might be a way of them doing what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, person who wrote this letter. We don't get the name, right? They didn't have a name on no, this. No, they didn't have a name. I wish they did. Sorry. <laughs> Imagine if they did a thing where you had to like opt in and through a quest or a potion or something and both you, you and your friend have to opt into it. And now you can be in a group together. You have to opt into it. And now you can be in a guild together. That kind of thing is interesting when they make it, you know, it's not standard, but it's there and you can have it if you're willing. Particularly to, to if it. the opting in involves playing through some kind of content, yeah, much like absolutely. you saw with, you know, any of the allied races you have to play through some content you have to do some stuff to unlock that ability but once you unlock that ability it's there for you if you choose to take that route again it's a choice that you make and they seem to be opening up that whole idea of choice of player choice and kind of relaxing those restrictions a little bit at a time so i'm not sure if next expansion is where we're going to see something like that but it feels like the people that are working on this kind of thing, they're looking at maybe shifting the game a little bit because let's face it, how old is World of Warcraft now? It came out in what, 2004? It's an old game, guys. <laughs> you have to keep doing stuff to it to make it fresh, to keep it fresh. And maybe this is one of those things that they just need to do. I don't know. Maybe. Don't know. We'll find out. 
but we're running out of time here, so let's just go ahead and wrap up the show. Again, if you guys have an email for the show, you can send that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Put Blizzard Watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for this show. We are running low on emails, so we do need you guys to send those in. If you do, we'd greatly appreciate it. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And I guess that goes ahead and wraps us up for the show. I was going to let you wrap it up, but I guess I'm hosting, huh? Yeah, you're hosting. (laughs) It's your job. You have to worry about getting that last thing right. Go! Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Rossi, as always, thank you for being here. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you again next week.